0: Welcome to Spotlight. I am so
1: excited to have people on the show each week that have transformed their own lives and are working to transform the lives of other people. I have three very special guests today. Have joining me in studio here live today, Jason and Kiana McCray. How are you, Jason and Kiana?
2: Great, glad to be here.
1: Good to have you. We're going to have you uh, brag about yourselves in just a minute here. Uh, We also have Michael Schreibner. Michael is joining us um, on the phone. He's in the middle of traveling across the country right now. So, Michael, where are you joining us from?
3: I am in Manitou Springs, Colorado.
1: All right. So Colorado, not not too far away from here. We, we need to talk after the show. There's a really cool event happening there tomorrow. So um, anyway, we'll talk later about that. But Jason and, and Kiana, I wanted to start with you today and introduce you. I, I met Jason and Kiana a while ago and was just really impressed with their enthusiasm for life and also what they're doing, especially at, at the age that they're doing it. You're in your 20s and you're teaching people really how to live their legacy. And a part of that is to be more aware of their their finances. And I know as an entrepreneur, I don't know if other entrepreneurs struggle with this as well. uh, But one of the things that I struggle with is financial planning. And it seems like when I get money in, I I don't know how much is coming each month. I'm not sure what to do with it. I just haven't been very good about saving and planning for my future. And uh, once I met you, I started talking with you and just you really opened my eyes to a lot of things um, to be able to live my legacy. But I wanna I wanna start with your journey. Before we do though, I wanna give you permission to brag. As you know, because I know you've heard the show before, I'm gonna give you permission to brag about yourself. So I want you to uh, you start, Jason, and then Kiana, you go. uh, Why don't you brag about some of your accomplishments?
2: Okay, great. Um, You know, I think I think some of the biggest things are. I I just want to put the spotlight on my wife for a second, just just so everybody knows how great of a person she is. When I first met her. you know I always knew there was something special about Kiana she uh, she's always been such a powerful person Um, just she's the type of person that can be passionate about something naturally if she thinks it's right, she's very passionate naturally. And she's, she's done a whole lot of things in her life to, to help a lot of people. And, and I, I just wanted to recognize Kiana for that first because...
1: You are a good, you're a good husband. Good job. You get, <laughs> yeah. you get some wife kudos points yes. there. Yes, he does.
2: Definitely. And, and you know, I've, I've learned that as we've been married. But um, at the same time, it's, it's, it's honestly true. It's not something that's fake. It's, I think our relationship is something that is great um, for us. Um, I think as, as how young we are, being in the situation that we are to to be in, not many young people can say that they're in this situation. And I think honestly, not many people G- in general can say that they actually work together 24-7 yeah. and that's still true. have as good of a relationship as we have together. That's true.
1: Maybe we need to, to talk about that a little bit throughout the show as well because, for sure, <laughs> I, you know, I was just thinking the other day about a lot of the people I know in this world that I work in, you know, a lot of them either aren't married or aren't in a relationship and it's really a struggle sometimes, but you guys seem to have a thriving relationship, so that's really good. Well, you spent most of the time bragging about your wife, but that was your, that was your time bragging. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you've done some great things too, so Kiana, it's, uh, it's your turn here
4: awesome well I feel super blessed to have a husband like Jason always just you know showing me how awesome I am because sometimes you know as women we tend not to think that we're awesome but Mm -hmm. I'll take some time and brag about him he's the sweetest man I have ever met like before like I even met him in person we were talking over the phone as as we got to know each other and I knew I loved him no like no matter what it was just it was just a thing that there was and I'm so grateful to be in this position with him, to be able to work with him every day. And even though there are some ups and downs that we experience, obviously there's going to be those times. But um, I feel like we are very blessed to be in the situation that we're in.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I love what you're doing now. Uh, Talk to me just a little bit about how you got into this. I, I mean, you've been married for how long now? Um, a year and a couple of months. So you're in a couple of months now. When you got married, did you decide, hey, we're gonna we're gonna start this business together. We're gonna help people with their finances. What was <laughs> your What was your journey? What was your inspiration to do what you're doing now?
2: You know, I think I think the biggest thing is that I think it started when I was younger, even. Mm-hmm. Um, as a, as a kid, I'll just give you a little bit about my background. Um, I grew up in a small town of Snowflake, Arizona, um, and not a whole lot happens out there. It's a great place to live. But, um, <laughs> Wait, what's
1: the population of Snowflake?
2: Um, probably like 10 to 15,000 maybe. So ten fluctuates.
1: ten to 15,000. That's uh-huh. a pretty small town.
2: Okay. It's a, it's a pretty small town. But anyways, when, when I was growing up, um, we lived in a very modest household. And so um, my dad a very hard worker. Mm-hmm. Love the guy to death. Very hard worker. My mom also super hard worker. I, I, I'd I, have to tribute all, all my hard work to them for teaching me that because my dad worked growing up and my mom worked and so they were always working and um, you know I just remember as a little kid we they did such a good job at taking care of us but Living in that that environment, there wasn't a whole lot going on as as far as um, money flow, you know, mm-hmm. cash flow. And so, really, we lived in a modest household. I remember I remember being young and and going to help my dad as as we would uh, um, go and and work with him with my grandpa, and he was actually a well driller for water, and uh, he he we'd go to a certain place out in the middle of nowhere where a water well needed to be drilled, and I remember it as a little kid going out there it was fun you know it was, yeah. it was this place that we could go where it had this mast this big drill that would go into the ground drill for water
1: oh, yeah i mean you're li- this little kid you're going to work with your grandpa's yeah, big I, machinery uh-huh. yeah I I totally like, totally like, little boy thing huh
2: yeah 10 years old there's yeah. mud dirt you know it's it's like heaven for me then you know <laughs> and i'd get to go play whenever i wanted yeah. to you know but anyways as, as we drill those, everything would be heavy, and, and I'd sit there and have so much fun, and, and I just remember, like, leaving after work and, and just being exhausted, you know? Mm-hmm. As a 10-year-old kid, you know, it was, it was fun, but being exhausted then, But I couldn't imagine doing that for the rest of my life, and now my grandpa's 82 years old, and he still does that same thing. Because he hasn't had the option to not do that, and that's oh, so
1: he's he has to do that, or else he can't survive. Yeah, at eighty-two years old, yeah, I mean, a manual labor job like that—that's uh, you know—that's pretty hard. And it, there's a difference between choosing to do something and doing it because you feel like you have to do it. So. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I can so I can see why you would be inspired to help people be able to live the life they want mm-hmm. when they get to, you know, 82 years old. What yeah. do you think your grandpa would be doing right now if he had a choice?
2: I guarantee you he wouldn't be out the drilling rig right now. <laughs> <be> drilling well. <laughs> no. He'd
1: be here in Arizona visiting. Well, maybe not in the summer, yeah, he but might be. maybe in the winter. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, maybe.
4: Um, so Kiana, what was your inspiration getting into all this? You know, I, the way it all happened was super inspirational. Anyway, our family, his family actually happens to be in the same realm. And so they had taught us and showed us. And Jason actually had gotten into um, teaching people about finances, you know, when mm-hmm. he was 21, but didn't really stick with it just because yeah. as a 21 year old. I mean,
1: har- I mean, it's it's hard. Yeah. I mean, you know,
4: who wants... I mean, how much <laughs> wisdom can a 21-year-old have? Exactly. I mean, yeah. re- I don't know. I don't, can't keep going, Keanu. Anyway, so um, after we got married, we were mm. working. We were living in Utah, and, and we were doing great. But we realized this one thing. You know, if we had a family, the, the paychecks we were getting weren't going to cut it. Yeah. And so what we realized is we're going to have to do something different. And Jason came home from work one week and was just like... A total hot mess. Like, I don't even know how to explain it. Like, <laughs> he just was like, I'm done. You know, he, up until that point, he had loved his job, yeah. but he realized like I don't want to do manual labor labor for yeah. the rest of my life, crawling in attics. He was an electrician. And so um, he came home and he talked to me and, and he said he wanted to flip cars. Mm, flip cars, like right. physically flip them? or fin- you, I just, you know, both. he's, he's, he's pretty a pretty buff guy. guy. <laughs> yeah, I know, I was going to say, you get him a little smart car or something, you might be able to flip it over, but I think I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, so he wanted to, to buy the cars and fix them up and, and sell them. We, d- we tried to do that, didn't work out. And so I, I told him, I was like, why don't we just do what your, your mom and brothers are doing? And so that's really how it just got started. We, we wanted something different in our lives yeah
1: well and, and I can imagine too that what you're doing now provides you an opportunity not only to help other people but helping yourselves and that you know the sky's the limit right Right. Mm-hmm. and um, I think that's one of the, the hardest things when you're looking at the options or potential before you I mean even with your grandpa there comes a time when you are only physically able to do so much in certain jobs or maybe you know mentally or uh, maybe the job only provides a certain amount but um, yeah I can and I can really relate to you know I got married uh, super young and I remember you know point in my life I was pregnant with my third child I was 22 or 23 at the time and um, was making I, I was staying at home and um, my husband at the time was making about $10,000 a year. And um, and I just remember thinking, if only we could make $20,000 a year, we would be set for life. <laughs> now things have changed just a little bit more. But, um, but I think it's really important that you look ahead and that you plan for the future. I want to talk to you more about that in a minute. But I want to jump to Michael in Colorado now. Um, so speaking of inspiration, I wanted to ask Michael to come on. We're talking about living our legacy today. And uh, Michael, I met him at an event about a week and a half ago, and was totally inspired by him. He said, uh, "Allison, you know, I, I everything I own I can fit in my car. I'm driving across the country right now. I don't even have a plant that is relying on me right now." Um, he is is choosing to follow his dreams, living his legacy and his passion in uh, a different way. So, Michael, are you there? I'm here, yes. Well, good. Well, very first of all, uh, as I give all of my guests an opportunity to do, you uh, you get to brag about yourself a little bit. I know more than just uh, driving across the country and, and um, choosing to live this life with uh, no strings attached right now, you actually have been in the self-help industry for quite a while. Uh, go ahead and brag about yourself and some of the things you've accomplished.
3: Well, thank you. Um, it's really interesting listening to... Um, uh, you guys brag about each other in that way, right? <laughs> so, so I resist bragging. And then I had the little slight jealousy of having someone else to brag about that I'm, I'm not in that position at the moment. Um, and, and like my resistance to bragging, as I, I really like got into it as, as I was uh, preparing for this today. And something I thought about was when I, I used to teach kids acting for a few years, I taught acting uh, professionally in New York City with, with all ages. So I worked a lot with beginners and with children. And what I realized with children is that they don't care at all about any expertise or, or things that I think I know or having a process. What what they were most interested in, especially as I was encouraging them to be vulnerable and to reveal themselves in front of other people, right? I didn't care mm-hmm. about the lines of whatever the acting job was. It was more if I could get them to have a moment of being themselves in front of an audience and that was a, a big growth experience for them. So when they didn't care about my expertise, I always cared about showing up with presence. And I think that has been a value that I try to show up that way. So I'm always more interested in sharing a point of view and letting people respond to my point of view about the world versus a set of credentials. Because I've met a lot of credentialed people who haven't really been that talented in whatever work that they did.
1: That's true. Yeah, I can agree with
3: that. Yeah, I think that that's why, you know, in in bragging that way, I would say I, I value and at least work my very best to be as present as I can. Um, if I had a list of credentials, I would say that it's, it's experience, that I've coached people in, in business and, and actors and different things for thousands of hours. Um, I work to be intuitive and collaborative in, in my approaches to things. And I tend to shift paradigms. I tend to pursue context for things instead of just content, or another way of saying that, maybe non-linear approaches to uh, helping people to have transformational experiences versus versus linear because I pull from a diverse set of experiences. My time as an actor, director, and acting teacher, a lot of my spiritual study over many years, I've attracted great teachers into my life, and I tend to be able to synthesize uh, you know, the inherent truth in any teaching or system that I've learned to make sense to, hopefully, who I'm speaking with, whether it's one-on-one or an audience. So, so these are some of the points of view that I'm proud of that help me to live a life that I can surrender, that I can have a sense of, I don't really know what's going to happen next, but I trust how things are going because I have a set of experiences and skills that I've learned over time. And I've I've applied them in a way that's allowed me to cultivate a, um, a point of view where I, I meet people that invite me to amazing places and I'm constantly surprised by how life and my career unfold. So So that to me is exciting and vital. And I'd rather be in a space of, of not knowing that way than thinking that I have anything figured out. And I think that that's been beneficial to the people that I've been, uh, fortunate enough to be able to, to serve
1: in my practice. Yeah, well, you bring up a really good point, and that is something that I see a lot of people make mistakes of in this world of self-help and entrepreneurship and learning to live your legacy, and, and that is uh, they they uh, appear as experts in the field, and they spend more time on their credentials and what they can provide than on what the other person wants and what they need, which sometimes is just sharing their story. And I, I know for me one of the things in being present Present is just learning how to listen to other people and listening to what they want. So it sounds like you've really been able to, uh, to gain that in your, your daily practice. Uh, before we go to commercial though, I wanna make sure that we, we understand your story because um, did you just wake up one day and say, hey, you know what, I'm, I'm selling everything I have, I'm putting everything in a car and I'm driving across the country. What was your journey or your process or your, your thought on that? What led you to well, what you're doing? I,
3: I advise a nonprofit organization on the East Coast called Shantagar. Mm-hmm. I've spent the last couple of summers there, and I wanted to go back this year. But what happened this year was I was living in Los Angeles. I just decided that it wasn't uh, emerging as a kind of community that would be most supportive to all aspects of my life. So I thought, well, I don't know exactly where I want to go next, and I'm also not... Um, committed to, to kind of rebuilding here as some of the structures of my life changed. So I said, well, it would be most beneficial this summer to have a car and how great to have a road trip and to let something emerge from the unknown. So even I would often say, well, I don't want to run away from something. I'd rather move towards something. Mm-hmm. And what I realized that I also didn't want to stay where I was. So it's like, well, let it unfold instead of uh, just going somewhere because I'm forcing it on myself. Yeah. What would happen if I, if I went out with just a sense of adventure and seeing what emerged as far as maybe a next place to base myself? Or, you know, just this open-ended travel is so exciting and so freeing in ways that I didn't expect, even though I move around a lot. So that's, that's just how I approached it and where I'm at. And it's the beginnings of, of that journey. And so far, I've been surprised so many times, so many times. So it's a, we'll see what unfolds.
1: Well, great. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing from you more. When we come back, we're going to hear from Jason and Kiana and Michael on tips to live your legacy. Now I brought together these people for a very specific reason. So during this commercial break, go and get your notepads, your pens, pull out your phone. You're going to want to write some of these down because remember the difference between a good radio show and a life-changing radio show comes down to one thing and that's the action that you take. So I want you to listen for one action step, one thing that you want to do uh, coming up in this next segment. I'm Allison H. Larson and we'll be right back with Spotlight.
5: for In the Limelight with Clarissa Burt, international media celebrity, supermodel, and renowned beauty and lifestyle expert, as well as founder and CEO of Her, multimedia platform for women and sought-after inspirational speaker on women's issues. You'll connect with Clarissa's super-influencer celebrity friends and experts as they speak about health, wealth, beauty, lifestyle, business, the love of giving, and the love of living a model life. Tune in every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time the Voice America Influencers Channel. Guarantee it will be the best hour of your week.
0: Are you ready for provocative discussions with some of today's most powerful movers and shakers? Tune in to The Art of Significance, featuring Dan Clark, the modern-day Napoleon Hill, who interviews the wealthiest, most successful celebrities and business leaders on the planet who are using their influence to change the world. From authors to entertainers, sports figures, educators to military leaders, Dan covers multiple topics. Tune in every Monday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You're tuned in to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson show. To find out more about Allison and our program, please visit soulintuition.com. Again, that's soulintuition.com. Now back to Spotlight. Here is Allison H. Larson. Hey,
1: everybody. Welcome back to Spotlight. I'm having a blast on today's show. We've got Jason and Kiana today live in studio. We've got Michael joining us uh, via phone from Colorado. And, I, I, you know, I'm just so thankful for technology. And I was just telling uh, Jason and Kiana and Michael during the break that there really is a synergy to this show when it comes to living your legacy. For those of you just joining us, Jason and Kiana are a, a married couple that are helping teach people how to live their legacy by being more aware of their finances and um, being able to to live so that when they're 82 like your grandpa is jason uh, they aren't forced forced to drill wells and do manual labor but they can do the things that they want to do with their life and um, of course michael is traveling cross-country following his dreams uh, basically left everything behind and says hey i'm gonna gonna just uh, surrender and live the life that uh, the that universe, that God wants me to live. Um, so I really appreciate you being here, Jason and Kian. I know you've talked to me a lot and have really opened my eyes in a lot of ways to some of the, the things that I can do to um, live a fulfilled life. And of course, I'm 39, I just had my birthday, I'm 39 years old, I know Michael's 39 too. Um, When I was 20, I had a very different perspective and I, I commend your perspective and your planning in your 20s because being 39 now I realize wow, you know, time passes a little quicker than I thought it would pass. And I wish I'd done a little more preparing when I was younger. Um, But I would love to hear your tips on how someone can be prepared now so that they can really live their legacy their whole life. You know, we say leave your legacy, but we're talking about living your legacy because we wanna live life to the fullest and people are living life longer. So what are your tips that you would give to the audience today on how to live your legacy?
2: That's, that's a great question, Alice, and I think, I think most people are going to be happy with, uh, I think, what we'd have to say because normally what we look at today is, is most people, um, and myself included, before I even got into what I'm doing now, I was never educated on how money works, you know I, yeah, never, I mean they
1: don't teach you in school. I learned how to balance yeah. a checkbook when I was in seventh grade, but even in college you know I'm taking stats and stuff. Nobody ever told me what to do with my money.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah, and, and that's the thing is the world evolves. I mean you said you learned how to balance a checkbook, and so did I when I was in first grade, but now wow, you're often, way ahead of me. <laughs> how often do people <laughs> use checks now? you know what I mean The that's world's true. evolving, it's true. finances are evolving and, and people just need to be educated on mm-hmm. on what it is you know, that's going to help them out, and, and when we go and look at, at most people, it's they're living paycheck to paycheck, yeah. trying to get out of debt, and and just say they have no money because they're using it all on paying other people like debtors, you know, and, and especially the, the generation growing up today it aren't taught on maybe how a credit card works, or mm-hmm. you know, how the interest is going to affect you, and, and so I think the biggest thing is, you know, just talk with someone that's going to educate you. Um, and that's, that's what we love to do is to educate people so that they can have the best knowledge they can to make the best decision for themselves.
1: Now, here's one thing that was interesting to me as I spoke with you is debt is not necessarily bad, right?
2: Yeah, it, there's, there's good debt, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: So how do you tell the difference between good debt and bad debt? And, and here's my other takeaway too, I, and I think this is maybe the bigger question at hand here is how do you make your money work for you instead of you working for your money?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I think that's, that's a great question. It's, it's huge because if we talk to most people, I, I would say if there's some kind of debt that someone has, they just want to be clear of debt because that's something that's hanging on them, right? Right. And that's where most people can usually relate. And if, if that's hanging on them, they just want to throw every single cent that they have extra at it to be able to get out of that situation. Now, um, a lot of times people are in this situation where if they just keep paying what they're paying. And being able to put money into something that's going to help them grow what maybe they're paying in interest as well, it's going to work for them and not against them.
1: So what you're saying is if you can invest your money that you would have used to pay off your debts, you're know, you you're still paying them off, but you mm-hmm. instead of throwing everything into your debts, you invest in something that gets a higher interest rate return then you're paying for your debts that you are better off. Yeah. That was a huge aha to me when I when I talked to you. I mean I, I think there is this real perception of let's just pay off all our debts, let's be debt free and then we can can start making our money work for us. But you can actually start making your money work for you now. And, um, and still you know, be paying off your debts, but you can come out way further ahead, right?
2: Yeah, of sure. course. You can see a huge difference. Is, and, and we always use what's called a debt calculator. And, mm-hmm. and if somebody's got a debt, it'll show us how much interest they'll pay if they just keep paying what they're paying. Yeah. And a lot of times if they were to save what they're trying to throw into their debts, then they're going to save a lot more than what they would have even paid in interest, and be in a better situation, anyways.
1: Yeah. So here's here's my call to action. I think from that step, and I, I you know, personally, my call to action, but also if anybody else wants to use this call to action too, but is to uh, take a look at what your debts are, what the interest rates are in your debt debts and then talk to somebody about where you might be able to invest your money that you can get a higher return interest rate than you're paying in your debts and um, and start investing the extra money instead of working uh, towards maybe paying off the low interest rate debts that mm-hmm. you really don't have a huge interest rate with anyway. Um, Kiana, do you have anything to add to that?
4: No, I think what he said is super great. And I like what you also said as well as what's the difference between good and bad debt. Um, I feel like Most people see debt as bad in general. Mm -hmm. There's people out there that see debt as good. For example, you know, if you have a house and you have equity in it, you're still paying on the home, but you have that money invested inside of that home as well. You can sell it and earn that money back. Um, But it's great to see, you know, people actually beating their interest rates that they're getting on their debts in some other place where they can invest their wealth mm-hmm. um, and beat that out and, and continue to build wealth while they get rid of that that pressure and debt over their heads.
1: Yeah, I love that tip of being able to to live your legacy by being aware of your debt and uh, figuring out how to get your your money really to work for you by investing in, in a high return uh, investment. Mm-hmm. Um, so I keep thinking of the game of life as we're talking here, you know, those <laughs> little cars and yeah the little, you know, the little pink person and uh, I'd add a little yeah. blue person, and add some babies and have these different Love things along the way. Um, what would be, what would be your, um, w- what tip would you give somebody if they're, if they're like, I don't even know who to talk to or where to start with investing my money? Um, what would be your tip for them?
2: Um, the biggest thing is, you know, you can, you can go in and find a lot of different people to help you or talk to people. It just depends on, mm-hmm. you know, where, are they going to help you? How much are they going to educate you? And so a lot of times what we find is we'll go into people's homes where they do have some type of investment. But they have no idea what's going on. That's a that.
1: that's a really good point. In fact, I, I can resemble that remark, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they know. Okay, keep going. It,
2: exactly. And so there, there's going to be someone that, that you may be working with, but it's do you understand exactly mm-hmm. what's happening with your money? Or, yeah. or are you just leaving it up to them? you're leaving your legacy up to someone else. And if something does happen, you know, usually that'll break a relationship that way. And so just make sure you're educated, whoever's with you working with you, make sure they educate you on certain things.
1: So find someone that will educate you. And I I agree with you 100% knowledge is power. And it was scary talking with you too, because some of the things that I didn't even know about or things that i wasn't aware of and i thought wow what if i were to die suddenly or something like if i don't even know about these how's how's my you know how are my kids going to know about them you know how are the how are the people in my life going to figure out um what to do so anyway just really really interesting but i i love that golden nugget find somebody that's going to educate you because knowledge is power um michael are you still there still there. I'm still here. Okay, great. Um, so glad you're still here. What would be your tips uh, on living your legacy?
3: It's interesting because I, I'm searching for synergy uh, just listening to um, to everything leading up to this point. So the thing that I, I feel most inspired to talk about is to cultivate um, both practices and peak experiences. This is something that we talk about, um, I mentioned Shantagar, where I'm on the advisory board and, and about to spend a few months, and we talk about things this way in terms of personal development, practices are things that we do on a regular basis that support our growth. And then peak experiences are more marked events, right, that might facilitate a big jump in transformation of some kind all at once. So even financially, there's things that I do being a, a business owner and an entrepreneur, that I do on a daily basis, just checking in with cash flow or making even my day to day purchases. There's ways that I manage or save day to day. And then peak experiences might be getting a new client or having making some play to make more money at once that right to support my financial life. So there's right, so even in in a, a linear financial realm where it's it's long term planning, I can kind of see that there's things that I do on a regular basis and things I do less often, but that can be really substantially impactful. Um, in personal development, I've, classically I find that, that the, the most foundational practice in many different traditions is some kind of a sitting practice of meditation or something contemplative. Mm. It might be time in nature or dancing or writing or making food, right? Just things that we do on a regular basis with some sense of presence or consciousness that support our growth. Uh, Peak experiences um, might be travel, especially international travel, something that just gives you an entirely different way of seeing the world. Oftentimes, events or workshops can be peak experiences, right? Uh, Where I'm going at Shantaka, I'm looking forward this summer to watching people come to nature, you know, to 450 acres and more of this uh, beautiful land, and then have an intimate workshop where they really slow down and then try to bring that with them. So oftentimes the the, uh, dichotomy between living life in an urban environment and getting to the country and having experience with artists or with activists in in workshop settings will create a a marked change in people's lives. Um, You know, this road trip is an experience for me, is a peak experience for me in some way. Uh, but also travel as a practice. So I recognize that the lines blur between these things, and we often find ways to inform our practices because of the peak experiences we have. So I'm happy to answer any questions about this, but as I was thinking about what might be, you know, like, I recognize I'm always providing context. You're asking in some ways for a piece of content, a little process or something, and I'm realizing, well, what's important is to recognize the paradigm that we are are playing in. So as I pull back, I think that maybe just a simple exercise to bring more presence and awareness and consistent growth to life would be just a simple inventory of your current practices and maybe some peak experiences that you've had or would like to have Mm -hmm. as a way to then more consciously choose what you'd like to do going forward to support yourself where you have a sense of growing every day And then looking for, you know, what makes sense even in terms of um, what am I able to invest in for myself at this point that would help me to have a peak experience of life and maybe uh, deepen my relationship to my practices or my, my ongoing evolution and growth.
1: Well, I love it, and and here's the synergy. I think in in why I chose uh, the guests for the show today. Uh, part of that is you know Jason and Kiana are very. Uh, you're providing a lot of the left brain logical information. Uh, the pieces that. Um, we need to move forward. Here's the information that you need. Here's what you need to do with your money. And I think, Michael, you're providing a lot of that, that right brain information. And you need to have both uh, in order to really live your legacy to your full potential. I think people can get so caught up either in, in just earning the money or just paying off the debts or just investing and they keep, they're keep only you know focused on the, the future and they forget to enjoy the present. Well, part of enjoying the present is having the peace of mind that you're investing so that you can enjoy your future. A part of that is also, like you said, creating these different practices in your life that allow you to be in the present moment, that allow you to enjoy where you are in life. And then to say, hey, what what am I really saving for? What is it that I want in my life? Uh, And those are the peak experiences that you are describing. And I'll never forget, Michael, sitting across from the table uh, with you that first night that we talked, and we're both 39 years old, and I thought, wow, we've traveled such different roads in life. And just um, kind of admiring you for the courage that you have to do what you're doing now, to pursue your dreams, pursue your passions, and... And really uh, be able to, to live a life that you feel like is a life of surrender and a life of fulfillment, and living your legacy. So I, I love what you've said, and, and I think um, that that's, that's really a great thing to look at those practices and those peak experiences that we want to create in our life. Uh, Jason and Kiana, do you have any questions for Michael or any additional thoughts about what he is saying?
4: I have something. I was thinking as he was talking, you know, it's awesome that he is doing what he's doing. You know, bringing that right side of the brain, like you said, into this logical money situation. Mm-hmm. And one thing also that we've been doing a lot more with people is trying to change their paradigm about their own money. You know, what, what it is to them? Is it controlling them? Or are they controlling it? That type of thing. Um, so I think it's just important to realize, you know, how do you think about money? Is it controlling you? Are you controlling it? Is it working for you? Do you make it work for you?
1: Yeah, that's a really good point. You know, there's a something that I've done uh, during different points in my life, and I really like it, and some people may have heard of this uh, before, but it's, it's writing your money story. And it's going back and writing these different key people in your life, your mother, your father, your spouse, um, maybe God if you're religious, and what is the money story that you are getting from those people. So growing up, what did you learn about money from your mother? What did you learn about money from your father? what did you learn or how do you think that god perceives money what did you learn about money from your spouse and then looking at that and kind of taking this objective viewpoint and saying okay this is shaping how i look at money and wow here's how i look at money and here's how i want to look at money and writing a new story Mm -hmm. to how money can work for you and i found that that was a very um, good practice for me michael have you ever done anything like that before
3: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I work with entrepreneurs. Um, so, you know, it's it's refreshing hearing, uh, is it Kiara? I, I really Ki- need to see names. Kiana,
1: K-I-A-N-A. I know I'm visual Thank too. Thank you. Thank you so much. So <laughs> Kiana, as Kiana said that,
3: it's, I think that um, good coaches um, mm-hmm. are working on both sides, right? So it's, even I can imagine there's some business owner out there that would do well to hire a team of, you know, maybe it's it's a like a right-brained and a left-brained people in their organization, right? Yeah.
1: Um,
3: well, I would certainly do that. Like, I don't really want to dive deeply into the numbers. I always, I tend to work with the business from a, you know, like a from a place of context as we're we're talking about. Yeah. And um, and I would imagine that Kiana and um, I'm sorry, I I have trouble hearing. Jason. Is it Jason or Jeremy? Jason. Jason, thank you. Um, so yeah, I imagine like in in your work too that you're there's times when it's what's most beneficial is getting to the right brain side as you know in this as the way that we're speaking about it now um that that maybe makes the most difference for people i would mm-hmm. imagine
2: mhm
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's that's really that's a really good point. And, um, you know, the biggest mistake that I see a lot of right brain people make, and I know I've made this over and over again, is just saying, oh, you know, I'm I'm doing what I feel good about. Everything's going to turn out. It'll be all right. Or, you know, getting in that religious mindset of faith saying, well, if I just work hard, I have the faith that everything's going to turn out fine well it may turn out fine but come on <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. you're given you're given this uh, brain for a reason and these uh, you know amazing skill sets and uh, why not why not be more than fine why not you know have yeah. faith and know that everything's going to work out but have it, make it, make your money work more for you so really interesting uh, information when we come back we're going to find out more about where Michael's going um, how to, to get a hold of him and to find out more about what he's doing back east I know I'm really interested in finding that out too and then Jason and Kiana we're going to talk more with you um, about how people can find out more about what you're doing and get more knowledge and education on uh, finances so they can live their legacy. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this break.
5: Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7 sustainable success and get amplified if you want to join the ranks of the influencers you've got to think like an influencer how about joining one of the top influencers in the world leonard kim for grow your influence tree leonard and his guests discuss the topics that aspiring influencers need to know from brand building to getting yourself published and growing your audience there's a bunch of fun and even some twists involved to keep you on your toes You just have to listen every Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers Channel.
0: This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Welcome back to Spotlight. If you're just
1: joining us, today's show is all about living your legacy. We we're talking with Jason and Kiana McRae, who are here in studio. I gave some great tips last segment on how to help make your money work for you and maybe restructure how you look at your debts and your investments. Um, and then we had a we had a great uh, we have a great guest Michael who uh, is joining us and from Colorado over the phone. And Michael, your perspective on mindset and how to really look at the different. Experiences experiences and you have in your life. You talked about practices and you talked about these peak experiences. And I think that's so important to bring in. Um, I'm I'm loving this show so far. One of the things we got talking about on break, and I wanted to talk about this a little bit before we got more into what you're all doing and how to get a hold of you, is um, relationships. Because I think when it comes to living your legacy, I heard a quote recently and it says, you know, when everything's said and done there's two things that are consistent in your life or there's two things if you lose everything that you still have and that's your your integrity um, or your word and your relationships and um, we're talking about investing so we don't have to lose everything but I think those two things your integrity and your relationships do play a huge part in your relationship with money I think if you are able to have a good relationship with yourself and with other people in your life your relationship with money is better would you agree Jason and Kiana
4: for sure
2: yeah definitely
1: and how so you guys are working together obviously a lot yeah. we talked about this at the beginning of the show but you have a great you have a great relationship a really strong marriage so what are your what are your tips to having a good relationship with uh, the people that you work with or maybe just good relationship with your uh, your significant other
2: um, you want to say something
1: you can go first okay I'll say it <laughs> I'll take it so
2: I think the biggest thing is you know if you're gonna have a good relationship, you got to be happy with yourself first, you know. Yeah. And I, I think that's where it all starts. Um, a lot of times, people people think that money's gonna gonna make everything better. Which, if you know, that's what they think. Usually, it starts with yourself. You can be happy without money, then you'll probably be alright and then money will come later, you know, and, yeah. and getting those things in, in in together is is great. I mean, some people need structure. Um, I'm not very much of a person that's structured and that's where my other half comes in. She <laughs> helps me out a lot. You're but, good. but yeah, I, I think that's the biggest thing is, is finding happiness within yourself. Maybe even before you have that and things will fall into place, I think.
4: Great. I want to just talk a little bit about like being you know, your spouse's support, um, as we've got our business started, you know, there's definitely been those bumps and in, in, as working together each day, there's a different dynamic for sure.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, and having a great relationship, I think what saved us mostly is that we're best friends. And I don't know about you, but when I was like best friends with my little girlfriends, you know, we'd fight, but then we'd make up and we'd hang yeah. it out and love it out, right? So um, Jason is definitely my best friend and I know he supports me no matter what. And even if we're having a hard time, He's always there to back me and I'm always there to back him. And I think that's another important thing in a relationship. You have to trust each other enough, you know, to put your life in their hands and them in yours, so.
1: Yeah, I think I think that's a big component too, and I think, um, you know, you hit it right on the head, and that is trust. And I think when it comes to relationships, and also your relationship with money, you need to be able to trust and love yourself enough to know that you can um, make good choices in your relationships with other people and your money. And you need to be able to trust each other in your relationships, and also trust, uh, you know, that your that your money or that the the knowledge that you have, the systems you've you've invested in are going to work. So thank you. That's wonderful. Um Michael, what what where do you think this all plays in? Relationships, money, how does that all fit together?
3: Well, I, I agree with what you said about relationships being ultimately what we have if if all the material things were to go away. Um you know, when I think about my relationships now, I, I'm not in a romantic partnership but I have really I I lean into my friendships tremendously Uh, the more I find that I'm willing to uh, you know be vulnerable to do whatever healing work that I do to to let go of other ideas about um, you know limitations that I have in life the more that that I consistently work on myself and apply those things I notice that the people around me um, number one they, they benefit from whatever work that I do and then secondly, I, I meet people who are willing to support me in my professional life, in my well-being in general. Uh, in Colorado now, I'm staying with some uh, good friends that we, I mean, hike and make healthy meals together and do all these things that, um, you know, support each other. So then because of that, I'm welcome the places that I go and I, I want to contribute. So it's it's more important to me to nurture the relationships perhaps than to really than anything else. You know, it's it's whatever success I have in business, it's, then that allows me to be more present in relationships. That would be what success would look like for me. Like I want to share mm-hmm. the moments of life with people I care about. So, so I think, yeah. I mean, maybe someday there'll be a a partnership, and that, but it would take those things. I've learned enough about myself through the many lives I've lived in this lifetime uh, to bring great things, I think, to a partnership, and and I would kind of insist that I was supportive and, and served, you know, like helped me to continue to do the things that I'm doing with the friendships in my life now.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, really
3: great question. I love answering things that I don't know are coming at all in that <laughs> way because it's not something I talk about, but it's yeah. it's vital. It's vital. Yeah. So thank you for that.
1: Yeah, you know, that is. And I would say, you know, an action step that's coming to my mind right now, and if if you want to write this down, if you're listening to the show, I think it's really crucial is what relationship are you going to nurture this week? Um, Who are you going to reach out to? How are you going to help show that person that you support them, that you trust them, whether it be a relationship, uh, a marriage relationship, whether it be a friendship, whether it be a business relationship? What are you going to do to really invest in that relationship? to be able to live your legacy. I mean, legacy is all about leaving something behind, living the way that you wanna live, and part of getting your, your finances in order, getting your money to work for you so you can spend more time on those relationships and investing in those. So uh, thank you for your words. So Michael, where can somebody find you this summer when you've finished your trek across the the country and uh, stopping at these wonderful places and seeing various friends throughout the, the nation? Um, where will you be this summer and what will you be doing?
3: Well, I will be in the Berkshire mountains of Western Massachusetts at a place called Shantigar. Uh, Shantigar means peaceful home in Sanskrit. So Shanti, if anyone has a yoga practice, you might hear that word Shanti meaning peace. Uh, and it's, it's really that, that peaceful home. Uh, I'll be staying in a cabin. We will be leading workshops throughout the summer. We have some workshops set up for Um, you know, really to help artists and activists uh, take really clear-sighted action in their lives. So we help people using nature and the artists that come in to teach courses to really deeply slow down. Um, You know, so I'll be serving that organization as well as running my coaching practice from wherever I am. Um, I have a number of clients I work with and some space in that if if anyone resonates with me and and would like to explore that. Uh, I'm also... um, in a yoga teacher training now and facilitating some work through breath that I find to be very expansive work. So if that was, that's something else that I know I'll be doing. Um, and, and that's about it. You can connect with me. Uh, my internet presence is in deep need of you know talking about healing and other things. It's just something I haven't focused on too much, but you can connect with me through michaelschreiber.com. Um, I'm sure you'll link to it uh, on your website, Allison, mm-hmm. and as well as uh, Instagram, I I'll, I can give a link to that. I'm at Shribrations, which is play on my last name, S E H R E I B R A T I O N S. And then um the nonprofit that I'm staying at, if if that's something of interest, it's shantigar.org, S H A N T I G A R dot O R G
1: so michaelschreiber.com. Uh, Michael, two final questions for you. Uh, first final question would be, I don't know, that can sound weird, first final question. I guess the pre-final question before the final question. I don't know. However you want to say. My first question of the two questions that I have for you is uh, why this particular center that you're going to? What, why are you passionate about it?
3: Oh, sure. Because it's, it's profoundly changed my life. Uh, it is run by—I I mean, the board of advisors of the organization are friends, and and the founder is someone that I—I I mean, besides our, our deep friendship, I have a lot of admiration for how he's lived his life. He's a—his name is Jean-Claude Anatoli. He's a playwright, uh, you know that that has had world fame, but has really dedicated himself to spiritual pursuits and has really just stewarded and cultivated this amazing land to you know so like it's his presence there and the way that he is an expression of the land and then uh his teachings and the the artistic and spiritual um, history that this land has I just and then the fact that they in any way are asking for my help and guidance I just feel that that's important for me to do so so yeah. it's for all those reasons that it just feels like home for me
1: yeah
3: uh, and and important for me to be there
1: so now, now for the final question. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, what um, is if if there's one thing that the listeners today to the show walked away with uh, from you, what would that be? Your final piece of advice?
3: Um, I yeah, to to cultivate practices that help you to slow down. Um, you know, when I when I talk about that Shantaghar's mission of having a profound experience of life, it's somehow That's something that I've come to value. Where I realize that, in a, in a world that would grab our attention, in so many different ways, uh, to have some kind of a practice that really helps us get to, uh, a feeling of who we are and what, like what my personal work in the world is. The more that I get to that place, then, uh, the actions that I take are clear sighted. Instead of doing things that I think I should be doing or even that I have an understanding of or that other people who perhaps love me think that I should do in their support, I am happiest when I get to my unique work in the world that usually happens through some kind of slowing down and being able to um, move forward more clearly. Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah. yeah, that's that would be the, the one thing. If I slowed anyone down for, for a brief second today, I'd be thrilled with that outcome. Okay.
1: I love that, and, and thank you for sharing that. I think so often we can get wrapped up in what we feel like other people think we should do, or what uh, you know society thinks we should do, or what you know somebody else thinks that we should be, who we should be, and that real peace and that real fulfillment that comes in living your legacy uh, comes through doing what you know that you feel like God in the universe wants you to do to be able to move forward using your God-given gifts and talents to bless and serve the lives of others. Thank you for sharing that. Jason and Kiana, what would be your your final piece of advice or information that you leave everybody with today?
2: Uh, great question. I think, I think the biggest thing is I, I have three questions for everyone that's listening. Um, I think the first one would be just to ask yourself these questions and, and evaluate where you're at. Um, Am I on track to hitting my goals for financial freedom, you know? And if I don't have any goals, there should be some goals put in place. That should be definitely the first one to be able to say, you know, I, I have a goal to be here Am I headed there or not, you know, and, and most people just don't think about it until it's too late. Um, and then second off is where am I at or as far as protection or, um, from any type of, um, market crash? Oh, that's you know, a good point. I think that's the second one is, is where, what would happen to, let's say my, my finances or, or where my money's, my wealth is, if there was a market crash. You know, I think that's a great question to ask yourself. And then third is, as I'm getting on track for my wealth, how is it going to be taxed? Is that hurting me or is it helping me?
1: That's a great, those are great questions. So number one is, uh, do I have financial goals? Number two, do I really have protection if there's some kind of a crash, which is very real. You know, I, I knew a lot of people that lost a bunch of uh, money in the last crash. I mean, like millions of dollars. I saw people lose their retirement that were very close to me mm-hmm. and have to go back to work in their 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, and then number three was?
2: was Taxes are they oh, hurting taxes, me? Yeah, or are they, are they hurting me or helping me?
1: Okay, and you know, you you two have helped me so much in um, really increasing my knowledge in my finance, my finances, and my financial situation. If there's somebody listening right now, they want more knowledge on that. They want to find out how to get taxes to work for them, how to get their money to work for them. How can they get a hold of you?
2: Um I think the best thing is Kiana and I work together and we're we're very personable with people and so the best way to get a hold of us is to either call us or, or email us. My my email is J and that's m c c r a y w f g at Gmail dot com and then my number is one six oh two seven six one zero two two four.
1: Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you, Michael, for joining us. I've learned so much, so many golden nuggets for me today uh, out of this on how to really live my legacy. Uh, Please join us again next week. We'll have more people on that have transformed their lives and are working to transform the lives of others here on Spotlight. I'm Alison H. Larson, and uh, until next week, goodbye.
0: Thank you for making us a part of your week.